this week as I was praying, I was saying, God, where are we going to go? And I love that. I love whenever we're doing solo messages because I, I just get excited where God's going to take us. But today we're going to talk about completely committed to God, completely committed to God in a complicated world or in a messed up world or in a world where chaos is going on. And you know what? That can be challenging, can't it? You know, couldn't it be? I mean, um, our faith is being challenged today more than ever. And so I want to talk to all of us about what does it look like to be completely committed to God? What does that look like? And that's going to be a question that I want to ask all of us. And that's the question that we're going to try to answer this morning. What's it going to take for all of us to be completely, totally committed to God? And I'm going to show you that it's going to be a lot easier than what you think. If you get a hold of, of these three words that we're going to build this on, and these are the three words that God gave me, and I'm not going to give them to you out in order. I'm going to give them to you actually uh, backwards because this is what we want to do. But toward the end, we're going to put it all together. But I'm going to show you what it's really going to take for you and me to be completely, totally committed to God. Because we're always being pushed. We're always being challenged. So we're just going to go ahead and dive in, okay? We're just going to go ahead and dive in. So if you're taking notes this morning, you can follow along. Write these down. If you want to follow along on version, right there, the notes are going to be there waiting for you. Exactly what you're seeing here will be right there on, on your iPhone, your iPad, your smartphone, whatever that you use. It can be right there in version. So let me show you. There's three things that needs to happen and, and in order for us to be completely committed to God. And the first one is this, is it starts with love. It starts with love, and I want us to get this this morning. This entire Bible is, is founded on love. This entire Bible, and I'm going to show you here in just a second as I read you something that, that's in the Scriptures here. There was a lawyer or a Pharisee that went up to Jesus and, and he asked Jesus this incredible question. I mean, it's, it's amazing what he asked him. One of the most powerful questions you could ever ask Jesus. And he asked him, what is the most important commandment? Many of you, you probably read this story before, but it's found here in Matthew chapter 22, verses 34 and 40. Now let's read it and listen to what happens here. But when the Pharisees heard that he had silenced the Sadducees, they gathered together then one of them, this is the lawyer, a lawyer asked him a question, testing him and saying, teacher, which is the great commandment in the law? And by the way, the, the word law, that is the word of God. Anytime you hear the word law, that's God's word. Which, which commandment in the law? And Jesus said to him, now listen to this, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. Now, that's powerful enough he could have stopped right there. But he didn't. He kept going on. And then he goes on and says this. This is the first and great commandment. And, now listen to this, and the second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. On these two commandments hang all the law and the prophets. So what he was telling this lawyer, what he was telling this, this Pharisee, he said, the most important thing is love God and love people. So this entire Bible, and I want us to get this this morning, can be all summed up by loving God 
and loving people right here. If you love God and you love people, you're doing the Bible. And you say, well, Pastor Gray, how do you know he's talking about the whole Bible? Well, he just said it here. When you understand this, he says, go back to the scripture. Don't go on, leave me yet. He said, on these two commandments, hang all, all the law and the prophets. See, you got to understand, the Old Testament's broken up into two parts. Did you know that? The first five books of the Bible, Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy, that's considered to be the law. That's where all the law was settled. But then after that, the rest of the Bible are the prophets. This is what he's saying. Hang all of that. And, and what, where's the New Testament? New Testament hasn't been written yet. They're actually writing the New Testament as they're speaking here. And so in other words, the entire Bible can be summed up on loving God and loving people. So again, if you want to do the Bible, just love God and love people. But here's the problem we run into. A lot of people don't understand how to really truly love. They think love is buying people things, is doing things for people, and that's important, that's good, and I don't want to discourage that, but, but, but it's so much more than that. But we find ourselves as, as people running around and trying to become human doers thinking, hey, well, if I could just do this, if I could just get a double job and make more money, then my, my family would be happy, or if I could just take my kids to this ball game, or take them to the basketball game, take them to the football game, take them to cheerleading practice, take them to the cheer practice, take them to the choir practice, take them to the band practice, take whatever, and it goes on and on and on, we think that then they will love me. Well, those are good things, and I, I encourage all of us to, I did that. But here's the thing, at the end of the day, at the end of their life, they're not going to remember you by all the stuff you did. They're going to remember you, did you love them? They're going to remember that, that, that you were loved. Did you really love them? And can I just be honest with you this morning? I want to tell you, God did not create you to be your, a parent as a human chauffeur. He created you to love. Okay, he created you to love. Let me take that pressure off. So, well, Pastor Gray, well, let me ask you this question. What, what does parents do that doesn't have any money to do all that? Does that mean they don't love their kids? Because there are parents that cannot do that. And so, so the only thing they've got is love. Now, let me tell you this. When, I was, uh, when we first had Caleb, and Caleb was like a month or two months old, we were living in Greenwood, Indiana, and we just took the assignment of being youth pastors there. And, uh, and so as we were there, I was concerned. I, I did not know how to be a good parent. I, I had no clue. No one gave me a manual on what to do with this baby. I was panicking. I'm saying, God, what do I do? But I remember there was this lady by the name Linda Cyrus that went to our church, and she had three incredible children. Two of them were already in the youth group. Tammy and Daniel was in the youth group, but the youngest one was Matthew. He was not quite yet in the youth group, and you hear me talk a lot about Matthew. Matter of fact, Matt, Matt was supposed to preach today, but he couldn't. He got tied up, but he will be coming back one day, and I will have him preach right here because his kid's amazing. But anyway, all three of those kids loved God with all their heart, and I thought to myself, how in the world did this single mama, she was single, by the way, and she probably only made about seventeen dollars to $18,000 a year, had no money, but she knew how to love them. Now, the father just, you know, he kind of gave what he could, but, but they didn't have anything. And these children had to learn how to work and, and mow grass just to make a little money to help buy their own clothes. But, but, I, but God said, ask her. Out of all the people in the church, why didn't he use all the wealthy people? Why didn't he, like, send me, no. He said, I want you to ask her what it takes to raise godly children. So I went up to Linda, and I said, Linda. 
I said, I don't have a clue what I'm doing. Could you give me one advice, the most important advice you could give me, kind of like this, this lawyer asking Jesus, what's the most important commandment here, Jesus? I, I said, what's the most important thing you could tell me right now, Linda? And this is what she said is the most profound thing, but it's so simple. And it stuck with me all my life. And I'm going to tell you, and this is exactly what she said. She said, Pastor Gary, you can spoil a child with things, but you can never spoil a child with love. And I learned that. I stuck with that. I don't, it wasn't about buying my son all this stuff. It was about me genuinely loving him. Every time we get together, there's not one time that I've ever been in his presence that he did not feel my hand come over and touch him on the leg or touch him on the shoulder and me look him in the eyes and say, you need to know I love you with all my heart and I'm so proud of you. I never knocked him down. I always encouraged him. I built him up to, to, to let him know that he has a God that loves him and serve God, always be faithful to God, and God will always be there for him. And you know what? He turned out pretty good. He loves the Lord. His wife loves the Lord. They're in the church today, and they're doing okay. Now, he's not perfect. He, he messes up too. But, but what am I telling you? Listen to me. It's the Bible. It, God says, love God and love people. And if you love God, now let's go this. If you love God and you love people, you will fulfill the entire law of the Bible. Because the entire Bible is about loving God and loving people. This is the reason why you always hear me say the most happiest you will ever be is when it's about other people. Because the entire Bible is about people. Well, there's ugly people. There's mean people. There's nasty people in life. I get that. But just be nice to them too. There are people, you, they don't, you're struggling with them. Here's the, let me give you an answer to that. Love them. Because people like and love people who like and love them. When you just love someone, they'll overlook. And all of a sudden, you'll start to begin to see this relationship begin to mend. And so, but you say, okay, Pastor Gary, well, it's about love. But, but, but how, do, how, does, how does love evolve in this thing? How, what do you do with love? What, where, okay, just how do you love? Well, let me show you. Okay, I'm glad that you asked me that question. So number one, uh, being completely committed to Christ, being completely committed to other people is it starts with love, but where does love come from? Let me show you. Number two, love grows when you keep your commitment. In other words, when you finally commit, then love will begin to grow. When you commit, then love will begin to grow, okay? Now, let, let me show you some things here because you, you, Hollywood, let's, let's just go here for a moment. Hollywood tries to teach us what love is. Y'all know that? You, you, have you discovered that yet? Social media, they try to teach us what love is. And, and I just wanted to say, let's just get this out of the way. You shouldn't be taking your advice from people who've been married so many times, they can't remember their husband's first name for their first husband or their wife's first husband. They can't remember their name, and they, can't, and they got rice marks on their face. Okay, that, those are people we probably shouldn't be taking advice from. Okay? But here's what they'll say. Here, here's what they'll teach you, that you can fall in love and you can fall out of love. Now, this is going to go against some people now, so stay with me. Yes, you will be in love. There's, you get in love, but you just don't fall in love, and you don't just fall out of love because you got to commit before love grows. 
There's got to be a commitment. It's got to start with a commitment before love grows. And so really what these people are describing, Hollywood's describing, they're describing a feeling when you make and you keep a commitment to someone else is what they're saying. When you finally make a commitment, keep that commitment, then love will begin to grow. Let's put it this way. I think I put a statement up here. When you make and keep a commitment with someone, you will feel the experience of love. You just don't fall in it, and you just don't fall out of it. That's not the way it works. You see, love is based on a commitment, and love is based on devotion. And as I look those two words up, commitment and devotion, and you do a little research on those words, you'll start to find another word that just keeps appearing with these words, and it's called a vow. Y'all know what a vow is? A vow is what you make to someone else, and it's like a covenant. I mean, it's a vow. You make a vow. And it's also what we hear at weddings. When you get married, you, you did your wedding vows. You know, I married Amanda back. When you, I had you all repeat your vows to one another. What, what that, those vows, today they're cheap. Today people don't live them out because it's for better, for worse, for richer, for poor, in sickness and health, till death do us part. And what happens is, is because people, that they, don't, they don't keep those vows. They don't commit to those vows. When the tough gets coming on, they get going out. Well, the worst starts happening, they're gone, baby. Whenever the money's not there, they're gone. Those vows are cheap. You might as well just do them out the window because this is what happens. But when you find a couple that's totally, truly in love, you, you know them, you see them in the restaurant, they're just all sickening in love, okay? They didn't fall in love, but they're in love because they let that love grow. Because when you commit, that love will begin to grow. And I'm going to show you, I'm going explain it here in a minute. But yet when you see that couple, that is a couple who committed to one another, to say, hey, we're going to commit to this relationship. They're committed to it. So in other words, you will not be in love with a person and stay in love unless you make a commitment and keep it. And commitments sometimes today are so cheap. They don't, they don't keep their commitments. When you're in a marriage, your whole marriage is, is based on a commitment as well, okay? And we're going to go a little deeper in just a second. And then there is a woman of God in the Bible who is a woman of commitment, Y'all remember Ruth? Ruth was an incredible woman of God who stuck to her commitments. You remember that story? Now, Ruth was a Moabite. She was, she was like cursed at birth. And she had a sister by the name, or a sister-in-law by the name Orpha. Ruth's husband died, Orpha's husband died, and even their mother-in-law's husband died as well, Naomi. You remember that? And so Naomi, being an Israelite, decided she's going to move back to her own, home, her own home country, but now she told uh, Ruth and Orpha, you guys just need to stay here with your families, find new husbands, and, and, and you, know, you just need to move on with your life. But they both said, nah, we're going with you. And so they go to the edge of the town, you know the story? And, and then, and again, uh, Naomi says, girls, you need to go back. Go find husbands for yourself. I'm going to go worship my God over here, and it's not the God you worship. And then uh, Orpha says, you're right, I'm going back. But Ruth says, uh-uh. Where you go, I'm going to go. Where you live, I'm going to live. Where you lie, I'm going to lie. Where you work, I'm going to work. You just sit here and I'm saying? And so, and when she goes and she follows, she follows a Naomi right out in the middle of a field, a wheat field that was owned by Boaz, and she met the love of her life. Y'all remember that? Now, let me read you this story. Now, some things have been happening up to this point. Boaz kind of had his eye on her. He kind of got some information about her. But this is an account where Boaz and Ruth has a conversation. Now, let's read it now. In Ruth 2, verses 10 and 11. So she fell on her face 
bowed down to the ground and said to him, said to Boaz, why have I found favor in your eyes that you should take notice of me since I am a foreigner, since I'm a Moabite and you're an Israelite? Why? Why why'd you do this? I'm sure he said because you're a smoking hot babe. Because I looked at you, baby, and you looked hot. Your lips look big and you know, just looking hot. Is that what he said? Nowhere in this conversation did anything come out about looks. Not one thing. I promise you. I, re- I, I tried to search. It's not there. Watch. And Boaz answered and said, because you're the hottest. No. And said to her, it has been fully reported to me that you have done for your mother-in-law since the death of your husband and how you have left your father and your mother and the land of your birth and have come to a people whom you did not know before. You didn't know us. In other words, what, what Boaz was saying, I noticed you because you were a woman of commitment. You was a woman that was faithful to her family, to her ex-husband, to her husband that passed away, to your mother-in-law. You are a faithful, committed woman of God. And he saw that, and that attracted him to her. And you saw what they do? They went out on a date. They got to know one another. And guess what happened? Love began to grow. It started to grow. Let me explain how all this works. And by the way, this is where we get our wedding vows today. For better or worse, for richer or poor, in sickness, health, till death do us part. Because this is what Ruth was saying when she was leaving her country. This is where we get those wedding vows today. And so they, here's how it all works. Let me explain how you met your husband, how you met your wife. This is how it works. And for those of you teenagers in here, if you got them, or you're not over there, wherever you're at, listen to me very closely. You don't just fall in love. And I know you're like, I don't, I don't fall in love. No, you just think he's hot. You just think she's hot. Oh, my gosh, I'm loving him. No, you don't. This is the reason why you find, you ever watch those dumb TV shows, Married at First Sight and, and all this stuff? Oh, I love him. He's, what they do, they think they're hot. They think they're good looking. And then they go live with him. What they found out is it's, it's beauty's only skin deep, but ugly goes all the way to the bone. Oh, man, it does that. And so you watch them, and they only last like about two or three weeks, and then they're done. And the whole show, they're like, what do we do? I don't know. I thought they was going to remain forever. Why? Because you just don't fall in love. How, here's how it works. You meet someone. You like them. Okay, you might think they're hot. Wow, they're good looking. And so what do you do? You go out on a date. And you go have a meal with them. And you have a soda, whatever. And you get to know one another. And guess what? You find out if ugly's there or you find out if really there's some beauty there, right? And so you get to know them. And then you go home. And then you think about it and you go, I kind of like that person. I'd like to go out on another date with them. And so you reconnect and you go out on a second date. And you get to know them more. And you're starting to commit now. And now all of a sudden it's a third and a fourth and the fifth. And now all of a sudden you have finally committed to one another. Hey, let's make this thing. Let's seal the deal. Let's let let's you and I only date one another. Let's be boyfriend and girlfriends. Mm-mm-mm, right? Okay. And so now you decide that you want to be together like that. So what's happening? Because you commit, love now begins to grow. You don't fall in it, but now you're beginning to love, and love gets stronger and stronger, and then one day you will become in love, 
And it's the greatest feeling that you will ever have. But here's the problem with many people that, that I'm noticing today. They are committing to the wrong person. They're getting involved with the wrong person, and they're committing to the wrong person, and that's causing problems. Let me show it to you. Because they're making commitments with the wrong people. In 2 Corinthians chapter 6, verses 14, it tells us specifically, do not, do not be unequally yoked together with unbelievers. For what fellowship has righteousness with lawlessness? In other words, with the word, people in the word. And what communion has light with darkness? And so we're living in a world where people are getting together with people that they shouldn't be, and they're making commitments with somebody that they shouldn't be. Well, Pastor Gary, I'm beginning to love them, and I can't help it because I just can't stop this feeling because it's just, I, I can't control it. Oh, really? Sure you can. The reason why you feel this feeling is because you're making a commitment to the wrong person. You're, you, you have made a decision to, to, to make a commitment with that person, and your love's going to start to grow. It doesn't matter if they're lost, saved, doesn't matter who they are. It's going to begin to grow. That's why we have to be careful who we commit with. That's why we got to really, as parents, church, you've got to really coach and lead your children along and help them date the right people whenever they begin to get in relationships. Because, listen, that's their decision. And we Because, again, you just don't fall in love. Love will grow. As you nurture it. But, but we got to stop making commitments with the wrong people. And by the way, if you're married, you need to keep your commitments. If you're married, you need to keep your vows. For better or worse, for richer or poor, sickness, health, they'll death do you part. I met my wife. We've been married now 32 plus years, baby. I made a decision. When I met her, we went out to date. We started liking one another. I made a decision. I want to go out another one. Thank God she wanted to go out too. She gave me a second chance, and a third chance, and a fourth chance. And then we said, will you be my boyfriend? Will you be my girlfriend? Yeah. You know, and now we're boyfriend and girlfriends. I don't know how else to put it. And now we're dating, baby. And guess what? Because we're together, and I'm committing to her, and she's committing to me, guess what? Our love begins to grow. And it's getting stronger, and she's getting hotter. And getting better looking. And I'm, and I'm like getting more excited. And then like, yeah, I'm falling in love with this girl. But I'm telling you, there's no such thing as just, as just falling and, 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 you know, don't fall in love and step out of love. Now, but I, I'm getting in love with this woman. So, now, so here's what, let me read this scripture. In John 14, verses 15, if you love me, if you love me, keep my commandments. If you love me, keep my commandments. And I believe our spouses tell us the same thing. And Jesus tells us the same thing. Let me read it this way. If you want to stay in love with me, I think Jesus says, or your spouse will say to you, keep your, commandment, or keep your commitment to me. Keep your commitment to me, and our love will grow. And so this is advice that I give married couples all the time. Actually, I'm kind of giving you some, marital, uh, some of my marital uh, information that I help married couples when I counsel them. So, so number one, if you're going to be completely committed to the Lord or to other people, then number one, it starts with love. And the second thing is this. If you're going to be completely committed to God, love will grow when you keep your commitment. You understand that? When you keep your commitment, you got to keep that commitment. And we were talking about trying to lose weight. It's the same thing. Yet You said, well, we start after Thanksgiving. Well, that, that was a bad thing to say. But what happened is Thanksgiving come, and then all of a sudden you'll say, well, I'll start after Christmas. And then Christmas comes and goes, and you say, well, I'm going to start after the new year. 
Then a new year comes and goes, and then I'm going to start after Valentine's Day. Because i got to eat all the chocolate before Valentine's you know, It goes on and on and on, and you'll never do it. There's never a commitment made, and you're not going to see the results. You've got to have a commitment. When you have that commitment, then love will begin to grow. When you make that commitment, then you're going to start losing weight. <laughs> I guess that's what's what I'm just saying. Anyway, working for them, not working for me yet. You can tell I'm not committed yet. Okay, number three. Pastor David, come on, brother. We're about ready to wrap this up. Because I've done it backwards, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to bring it all together now, okay? And this is the most important one. So we know that it starts with love, and we know that love will grow when you commit. You must commit, okay? Here's the third one. You keep your commitment by choice. So everything starts with a choice. And when you make a choice, you will begin to commit. And when you commit, then that love will begin to grow. So let me put it this way. You cannot have love without commitment. And I'm going to go slow with this because I want you to get this. Please get this. You cannot have love without commitment. And you cannot have commitment without choice. Now think about this for a minute. Why in the world would God create a tree of knowledge of good and evil in the garden? Why would he do that? Because he wanted Adam and Eve to make a choice because the moment that they made a choice, they begin to experience love for the first time, a love for him, a love for one another. When you make a choice, then all of a sudden love begins to happen. So here's, here's another thing. Without choice, there's no commitment. And without commitment, there's no love. So really, I could have started with choice, commitment, and then love will happen. But I wanted to build this thing to get you to get an understand of what's happening here. And so without a choice, Adam and Eve could have never experienced love. And this is the same thing with us. Without us making a choice, without us making a choice, we will never be able to experience this depth of love until we make a choice and we keep the commitment. We'll never be able to experience this depth of love that God wants us to experience until we make the choice and we keep the commitment and you watch your relationship begin to grow. Your relationship with God will grow. Your relationship with your spouse will grow. There's some of you just married. Y'all, right back here. I want you to learn this. You get a choice. So every morning when you wake up, you look at your wife, you look at your husband and say, I choose to love you today. And I'm going to commit to spend the rest of my life with you. I'm going to commit to be faithful to you. You know, I've always, my wife and I have been faithful to one another all the days of our life. There's been people come in our lives that tries to distract us, that tried to pull us away from one another. We know that. But because we made a choice and we made a commitment, our love was so strong, nothing could come between that love and my spouse. And this is the same way we build our love with God. Whenever you finally make a choice that I'm going to make God my Lord, you're going to commit to him no matter what. And I've, I've, I've chose to commit my life to God no matter what. No matter what pandemic happens, I'm not going to quit. I'm not going to give up. No matter how bad it happens, I'm not going to quit. I'm not going to give up. No matter what physical things, I'm not going to quit. I'm not going to, why? Because I made a choice and I made a commitment to God. And because my commitment with God was faithful to God, my love for God has grown so strong, nothing can separate me from him right now. Because I love him with all my heart. He's the one that's never let me down. And that's how love works. 
in Galatians 5 verse 14. Now, again, I'm going to prove to you that you, you don't fall in love. As a matter of fact, love is a commandment. He commands us to love. Nowhere in God's word will you find that you fall in love, but he commands us to love. And as we are commanded to love, that love will then grow. Now watch, in Galatians 5 verses 14, for all the law is fulfilled in one word. Okay, we know what that word is, is love. Even in this, even in this, you shall fall in love with your neighbors. No, he just says, you shall love your neighbors. I'm commanding you to love. You love your neighbors as yourself. Now, again, I want you to, just, just for food for thought, did you know the Ten Commandments are divided in two groups too? The first four of the Ten Commandments are our love and our relationship with God only. Okay? Think about this. The Ten Commandments. Love God, love others. And the last six is about our love for one another. Nothing else. Love God and love others. Love God, love others. Love God, love others. It's all about loving God and loving others. And so that's why God says love God and love others. In Galatians 5 verse 14, again, it's a commandment. You love. You love. You just love. When you made that, you love your wife. You love your husband. Love your neighbors. Galatians 5 verse 14. For all the law is fulfilled in one word. Even this, you shall love your neighbors. You didn't go to the next one. There we go. In 1 John chapter 2, verse 15, listen to what it says. He also commands us to love one another, but he also commands us not to love things too. Because let me pack back up here. Now here's, here's a statement. Why would God command us to do something that we had no control over? Well, pastor, I can't control my love for people. I just can't do it. But God commands us to do it. I want you to think about this real closely. Why would God command us to love someone or to do something that we had no control over? So again, you, it's, you just don't fall in love. Again, it don't work that way. Love grows. That's why even in the Old Testament that, that the fathers and the mothers would pick their spouses for them, would make sure they were equally yoked. That's why they said, don't go, don't go serving the gods of the Amorites, the, the Hittites, the Hittites, and the Jebusites, and the, all the ites. Stay away from the ites. Stay with the Israelites, but don't go with any other ites. Where they, I want you to stay in God's household. Marry someone that is the same faith as you, okay? And you know what? I'd be honest with you, and I know it's crazy, Thank God I got to pick and choose Wilma. <laughs> My mom and dad didn't, didn't get involved with that. But if you think about this, if you're two both Christians, really, truly born-again Christian, now this is, this is crazy, and you never met one another on one of those dumb dating sites, and you get together and you both love God, you could probably make it work. Because Jesus' love is so much in both of you then all of a sudden all you got to do is make the choice, okay, I'm going to commit to love you. Let's just see where this goes, okay? Let's just do that, okay? Maybe, could you put a little makeup on just maybe? Could you like lose just a little bit of weight there? Okay, okay, all right, but I'm still going to commit. I'm still going to commit. I'll kind of overlook that stuff, right? 
Now think about it, because they were just giving people. I'm like, okay, no choice. But I'm going to choose to love this person. And they love Jesus with all their heart, and the other one loved Jesus with all their heart. And because of that love alone, when they make that commitment, love will begin to grow. Because they see Jesus in one another. And you see, ugly goes all the way to the bone, but Jesus goes all the way to the bone too. And we need to see Jesus. You see, I saw Jesus in my wife way before I saw her exterior, the way she looked. Man, I fell in love with what was on the inside, man. Son, she was ministering to these young girls. I'm going, oh my gosh, melt my heart. It's like a woman seeing a man carrying a baby. I'm like, man, she was like ministering to these young ladies, pouring her heart in, telling them about Jesus. I'm like, oh, I love you, you baby. I'm falling in love with you. I thought there was falling in love. No, I had to grow it, but it finally grew. Let's move on. (laughs) But I've counseled couples before that said, Pastor Gary, I'm not in love anymore. That's a couple that says, I'm choosing not to commit to this relationship anymore. I'm not going to commit to this anymore. And by the way, that's a choice. And you can stop that. Every marriage has 100% of success rate, as Jimmy Esmond says, and I love that has 100% success, success rate if they choose to commit and choose to love if that person's a believer, man. Now, let me read you this. Because he also tells us not to love. Let's go back to the script. I'm, I'm driving Dana nuts back there. Here we go. It's all me, not her. Okay, I haven't read this. Now watch, he says, don't love things either. In 1 John chapter 2, verses 15 and 7, this is a commandment. Do not love the world or the things in the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life is not of the Father, but is of the world. So in other words, I think I'll put this one up here. The people you love right now are the people you've chosen to love. You made a choice to love that person. And so here's my, here's my statement to you. Keep your commitment. Keep your commitment. Keep your end of the side of the bargain. Stay true to those vows for better or worse or richer or poorer, sickness and in health. Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. Listen to me. There's one thing I learned about my wife and I. We're, we're picking up a few more pounds than what we did when we first got married. But you know something? Her heart's never changed. The woman I married has never changed. The woman that brought our son into the world has never changed. There's not another woman has done that for me. And I'm staying by her side, baby, because she's been an amazing mama, an amazing wife, and I'm so in love with her today. There's nothing's going to be able to separate that. We love one another, and our love has grown for one another because we made that choice. Well, I don't love him anymore. I don't, I don't love the church anymore. I don't love this person. I don't love my... Well, that's a choice. You make that choice. And this morning, we all have a choice. So if we're going to be completely committed to God in a complicated world, in a messed up world, we got to understand that it starts with love. we got to understand that love will grow when you keep your commitment. And number three, that if you keep your commitment, it's always done by a choice. So you got to make a choice. To serve God. Make a choice to be committed to God. Make a choice to be committed to God. And I promise you, your love for God will begin to grow. So if you're going to stay in love with Jesus, make the choice and stay committed to it. Amen. Amen. Will you bow your heads? Father, I want to thank you this morning for your word. And God, I don't know where 
all of us are at here. But God, there are some here that they may have went on the the marital side of this message. And God, they need to step it up. And God, their marriage is not in a good place. And God, and hopefully this morning that God, that their eyes have been opened up because they're struggling with the choice and the commitment now. And I pray, Father, that God, that as you've opened their eyes, that God, that they're going to make a choice again to say, no, I'm going to keep my commitment. I'm going to stay true to my vows no matter what. And God, I pray that we will begin to see this love begin to grow back in our relationship that we've lost. Or you might be here this morning and your relationship with God has been severed. And it's because you've made a choice to stop committing yourself to things that's going to help you grow in your relationship with God. And it's time that you make the choice once again to say, I am going to choose to commit back to God. I'm going to commit to reading. I'm going to commit to praying. I'm going to commit to serving God with all of my heart, with all of my mind, with all of my soul. As Jesus told this lawyer that day, love him that way. Love him with all your heart. Love him with everything that you have. And God, then, and only then, God, will I begin to see my love and your love for me begin to become stronger and stronger, God. And God, I ask you to forgive me for putting other things before you, God. But God, today, I choose to put you back as number one in my life. I choose to be recommitted to you all over again, God. In Jesus' name, amen.